All righty. Let's go to the Lord. Um, Father, we, uh, we come to you this morning. God, we ask that you would change our hearts, change our minds, not because I have anything uh, productive to say, but Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take your word and transform our hearts, God, that you are using your words to transform us into the image of your Son every day from glory to glory until we achieve and attain perfection, God. That's our goal, to be perfect, and I am, I am woefully short of that goal. So, Holy Spirit, we look to you this morning, um, not so that we can increase our head knowledge, but, Father, so that you could um, rearrange the lies that the enemies told us, the lies that, uh, that friends and family have led us to believe. God, that truth would be, uh, would be present today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, this morning, I'm going to talk about hell. Yay. I'm not kidding. Um, let me pull up my remote. Um, I have a small confession. Um, I am a person that cuts corners. It is not something about my personality that I really love. Um, but usually if I am trying to fix a project, I have no money to fix it in, and I have no time to fix it in. So I am looking for the cheapest solution done in the quickest amount of time. And that, by definition, is, is shoddy craftsmanship. I'm, you know, I don't intend to be lazy. Like when I wake up in the morning, I don't sit in the bed and be like, man, you know what I could do today? Shoddy craftsmanship. I don't do that. But at the same time, I look at myself and I look at the resources that I have. And it's like, do I want to spend 14 hours fixing one little bolt? Or do I want to fix the bolt really quick and or quickly and then fix the rest of the stuff that I've got on my to-do list? I'm sure nobody else can relate to that. That we cut corners in our homes, we cut corners in our families and our relationships, not because that we wake up in the morning and just want to be horrible people, but it's like, I've got, my to-do list is a mile long, and I don't have time to sit here and do things the right way. Well, I have a friend that does things the right way. Every time that we do something, every time that he helps me with something, or every time that I'm helping him with something, I learn the right way to do it, and it's infuriating, because I'm like... Oh, no, okay, we will, we will do that the right way. I can save us time. I can save us money. And it's like, it's like the little angel that pops up on his shoulder. You know, I am I'm that, I guess I'm an angel, but I'm the lazy angel on the other side of the shoulder. Come on, cut corners. We can shave hours off of this job. But when I watch this, my friend work, at the end of the project, the job's done. And I don't have to go back to it next month. And I don't have to spend hours and hours and hours fixing and repairing my own bad plumbing or my own bad wiring. So, like, in this church, I'm, everything's done really well, but when the church was built, it's, you know, it's a church. You know, you don't have tons of resources. This is not the Taj Mahal. And so when there's something that breaks in this building and I get drywall out of the way and it's like, this is the cheapest bidder. There is a, I hate to even point this out because it's all you're going to be able to see. I'm sorry, I'm removing the veil off of all of our eyes. You will not be able to see anything else but this. In the balcony, there is a wall that starts off flush on one side, and by the time it gets to the other part of the wall, it's off by an inch. So the framers built that wall knowing that it was off by an inch, and when the sheetrock uh, people came in to finish the wall, they finished it. And it was off by an inch. 
And when the painters came in and painted it, they painted it and it was off by an inch. And that's the only thing that I can focus on. People are giving their hearts to the Lord. People are getting healed. People are rising from the dead. And the only thing that goes on my mind is that's off by an inch. And when you bless the next generation with shoddy craftsmanship, you are not giving them something that's amazing. You are giving them something that they're going to have to come in and repair. Have you ever done such a bad job at a project that you get about halfway into it and then you realize we are going to have to pull this whole thing down and start from scratch? Have you ever done something at work or picked up another project from somebody else and you look at it and it's like there is nothing redeemable about this? We're going to have to pull this whole thing down and start building this spreadsheet or this database or this uh, work crew from scratch. Most of the times when like a business gets bought out, like some CEO walks in and goes, there's nothing redeemable. You've got to clear out all the bad ways of doing things and start from scratch. It is a heartbreaking thing because how wasteful is it to spend so many hours building something, but you built it the wrong way, and eventually you have to tear it all down. It is heartbreaking, but it's not necessarily a bad thing because patched work doesn't last. And if you're patching something, you know it's not going to last. It is a blessing for somebody to come along and go, oh, you're doing such a bad job at this. It hurts. It hurts our pride. It hurts our self-confidence for someone to come in and just go, you do many things well. Building a building is not one of them. Fixing a balcony is not one of them. I'm sure that person that did that did many other things well. I'm sure he was a nice person. I'm sure he made high on ACTs, but that inch is off. And he blessed a next generation. If I was framing that in, what should have happened, what should have happened is a contractor should have looked at that and went, your wall's crooked. And thank God it's not a load-bearing wall. Thank God that the weight of the roof is not depending on shoddy craftsmanship. The contractor should have come in and gone, your wall's crooked. While it's still cheap to fix, tear those two-by-fours down and do it the right way. If that was a load-bearing wall and some shoddy craftsman built something faulty, the first time that a storm leaned on that shoddy craftsmanship, we have a broken building. It's millions of dollars to repair for the cost of a few two-by-fours just to do it the right way at the beginning. And again, like I said, I cut corners, but I am trying to learn how to do things the right way the first time. The Holy Spirit does this in our lives, is you have that, that quick reminder of, you are building incorrectly. <laughs> Be quiet, Lord. We're going to have to tear this down. If you keep on building in this direction, we're going to have to tear this part of the building out. Nope. I don't have time to do it the right way. I don't have the resources. Like, you need to be loving on people. I don't have the resources to love on people. So I'm going to cut corners and do things my way, knowing that here in the future, you have a family that if you cut corners with love, you have a family that has to be torn out, and you have to start from scratch. I want to read a verse out of uh, 1 Corinthians. Just one verse is on the screen. I want to read kind of the context of it, starting in verse 10 of chapter 3. Because of God's grace to me, this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church, because God's grace on me, I have laid a foundation like an expert builder. So think of that that building uh, metaphor. Now other people are building on it. 
Whoever is building on this foundation must build very carefully, for no one can lay any other foundation other than the one that we already have. And what is that foundation? That foundation is Jesus Christ. So in our lives, we have a foundation. Those of us that are believers, which I'm assuming most of us in the room are, we have a foundation in our lives of Jesus. There's a lot of stories in the New Testament. There's a lot of stories in the Old Testament. I don't build my life on a story. I build my life on Jesus. So there's, there are people that will like go to Scripture and be like, well, explain that. It looks like God's a genocidal, homicidal, or, yeah, genocidal, homicidal maniac. I don't know. I can't explain away every story in the Bible. I build my foundation on Jesus, and I can't, I can't branch off of that. If I build in another place, that building has to come down. If you build an addition onto your house and there's no foundation underneath it, when a storm hits, that building is going to collapse. So we have this one foundation that's Jesus. Every measurement that we pull off of our lives, we pull from Jesus. And I don't know if you've ever like worked on construction, but you pull your measurements off your foundation. You spend a lot of work making that your foundation is square and flush. Because if there's a problem with the foundation, that problem builds into the rest of the house. Pun, get it? It builds into the rest of the house. What happened up here is the person didn't pull his measurement right. I've done it. I've done it tons of times. I've done it tons of times. I've done it tons of times in this building. But I've put my stuff behind walls so no one can see it. Verse 12, anyone who builds on that foundation must use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, and straw. But on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. And the fire will show if a person's work has any value. This is buildings that are built on the right foundation. But it's shoddy craftsmanship that someone has built on the foundation of Christ. So obviously, if a building is built off of the foundation, the fire will reveal what quality of building it is. But even the, the buildings that are built on the foundation of Christ, fire will reveal if that person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. When you have to start from scratch, there is great loss. The builder will be saved, but, some, but like somebody that's barely escaping through a wall of flames. Now, I want to point out something. Did we see that builder go to hell? Said the builder's going to be saved. The builder's building on the right foundation. We're not talking about like, well, God's mad at something, some flaw in your structure, and therefore he is going to boot you into hellfire because he is upset with the way you're building. No. My main point today, when we talk about the judgment of the Lord in our minds, we have got it to where God comes in like an alcoholic, abusive father and starts throwing our toys around the room. When we talk about God's going to come one day and judge us, nobody sits there and goes, yay, judgment. <laughs> but we should because it's not a bad thing. Even though that sometimes that statement of, you built incorrectly here. Your wall's crooked. How much better would it have been for that contractor to look at that and go, buddy, you've built your wall wrong, as opposed to not cast a judgment and sit there and let that builder's work be seen for generations of something that's flawed, of something that's broken. I hope the guy that did that is not in the room because that would be, I love you. I hate that wall. 
When you go to the dentist, not all of us have the best oral hygiene in the world. Um, another confession, I go to the dentist, but I would rather go get shot than go to the dentist. I sw- like, I'm sweating just mentioning it. It's not their fault. It's me. I do it. I brush my teeth so that when the dentist comes up to me, he doesn't go, hey, some part of your tooth is improperly formed. We are going to have to remove material until we get back into a a tooth that's strong. Because if a dentist comes in and doesn't cast judgment on a tooth, just puts a filling in, that filling breaks out and creates more damage, right? So the dentist comes in and casts judgment on the tooth and he drills back. Smoke. That smell. If I pass out, we're dismissed. Thank God that that dentist can cast a judgment on that tooth and drill back, even though that it causes pain. Drill back until he finds an area of like, this work was done well. Now let's build on top of that. And at the end result, the end product is something that is stronger than was there at the beginning. Thank God that dentist cast a judgment on that tooth, even though that sometimes it can cause a little bit of pain. The most amazing thing about the judgment of the Lord is not that he gets mad, not that he throws things. He is not getting rid of the toys in our lives. When the Lord casts judgment on us, he is casting judgment on the wounds, the scars, the things that have been built up in our lives that have been built up improperly. Every person in this room believes a lie about God. And when the Lord comes in, he goes, this whole room that you've built up has been built on a lie. So we're going to tear that lie down. One of the lies that I believed about the Lord is that, like, Jesus is the nice one, the Holy Spirit's the weird one, and the Father is the mean one. You're friends with Jesus, but if Dad ever comes home and if Dad's ever in a bad mood, oh, no. But Jesus' personality, we have in the Nicene Creed, he, it flows from the Father. Jesus showed up and was like, you want to see the Father? Look at me. So how can I think that Jesus is the nice one and the Father is the mean one, that when you see Jesus, you see the Father? That's, that is the, the lie that the whole, the whole of Judaism was under, is you think that my Father is this evil person that's, that's splitting hairs. He's letting whole people like go to hell, but he's mad at you for not tithing off of your mint. And Jesus shows up and is like, you have been living under a lie. And the pride of the Pharisees wouldn't submit to the judgment of Christ. So they continued to build their lives on a wrong foundation. And so Jesus cast judgment on it. Did Jesus get mad and like come in and like start firing arrows at them? No. You're building incorrectly. Will you let me tear down? Even though you've built a lot of stuff, will you let me come in and tear down that lie? No. Okay, I'll go over here. When we see in Romans 3, the wrath of God being revealed in this day and age, the wrath of God doesn't look anything like tornadoes, doesn't look like anything like wildfires in California. The wrath of God does not send earthquakes to San Francisco because of all the gay people. The wrath of God did not send Katrina to New Orleans. That's not what the wrath of God is. In Romans 3, now in this age, we see that the wrath of God is revealed against unrighteousness so that he gave them over to whatever they wanted. 
That, when, when we talk about the wrath of God, we are talking about Jesus going, okay, I'll go over here. And then you let the Pharisees build on and build on and build on and build on in their life. And a generation after Jesus left, the Romans came in and destroyed everything in Jerusalem. Did God come down and start kicking over their sandcastles? Nope. He just moved on. If you won't submit to the judgment of the Lord, eventually a fire will come. And it will reveal what manner of work that you've built on your life. All right, I want to read Romans 4.20. I'm, oh, yeah, he's not throwing our toys around. Yeah, Romans 4.20. Liz makes us look way better than we actually are, by the way. Thank you, Liz. This is one of the most amazing things in all of Scripture. Oh, I'm so excited. Romans 4.20. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. <laughs> he never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. Have you ever read Genesis? Every story we have about Abraham is him wavering in his faith. Every time he ran into Pharaoh, it's my sister. You're awfully affectionate towards your sister. We're from the south of... Israel. We do things differently. Hey, that lady that you have with you, is that your wife? She's really hot. It's my sister. The reason why Isaac has his name is because Sarah was like, God's going to give you a son. <laughs> the stories that we have of Abraham and Sarah are the stories of our lives. There are moments in time that Abraham stepped out in faith and was like, Way to go, man. And then right after that, he'd blow everything up. Did you hear about that whole Ishmael thing? Never wavered in his faith. But this is incredible. God brings the fire of judgment to Abraham's life. And he burns up all of the mistakes in Abraham's life. So that at the end of Abraham's life, he is left with everything that is consumable, everything that is of shoddy craftsmanship has been burned away so that in Abraham's life we have the stories of gold, silver, and precious gems. So that when the Lord looks at Abraham's life, passing through the fires of judgment, goes, Abraham, way to go. You never wavered in your faith. Because every story of Abraham wavering in his faith has been dealt with. <sighs> I'm telling you, that is why the judgment of the Lord is not a bad thing. It's not a scary thing. It's an amazing thing. Because every bonehead decision that I've ever made gets brought through the fire and gets cleansed away from me. So that when the Lord looks at my life, well done, good and faithful servant. <sighs> and my life is nothing but faithlessness. Like, if you know me, you know the stories of my life of like, God said this, well, he's wrong. If, if I had a microphone and you could listen to the prayers that I pray of the Lord, I would be embarrassed to show how little faith I have in him. But instead, the goodness and the judgment of the Lord is applied to my life, and that garbage is burnt away so that when I am rewarded, I am rewarded only on the amazing things that is left over at the end of the fire. It's the judgment fire of the Lord is not a bad thing. It is an incredible thing that removes our scars, it removes our wounds, removes every lie that we've ever believed. When we pass through the fire and the flame, we are left on the other side with amazing stuff. Now, what happens 
if you are a person that you heard about the saving gospel of the Lord, you get in the door, and after that, everything you build in your life is garbage. There's not one thing that you do in faith. That's not, that's not true. But at the end of everything, you've never, not once, stepped out into faith, except you put a foot on the foundation. Well, everything in your life gets burned away. And what do you have as your reward for the end of everything? Just heaven. <laughs> Even if you, everything you, in your life is done wrong, and you just put a foot on the foundation of Christ, and everything in your life gets burned away. You don't have any cool crowns. You don't have anything else. You don't have a fancy life. What is your eternal reward? Just heaven. <laughs> I'm telling you, the Lord is so much more generous than we could ever imagine. And we have believed a lie that he has got the riches of heaven secured. And he's just like, get away from me. You've not proven yourself worthy of my riches. Get away. You sinner. How many Bible verses do you memorize? None. Or when you did memorize the Bible, they're all wrong. Get away from me and my blessings. No. The exact opposite is true of the Lord. Now, my main point is that we don't have to be afraid of God's judgment because it's a glorious, amazing thing. Okay, so moving on from that. Obviously, heaven's amazing. But how about we add on top of heaven riches and rewards on, on an eternal scale. Well, how do we build on that? Well, the way we build on that is to realize that there are two different kingdoms that are operating in this world. There is a kingdom of heaven that is forcefully approaching in our lives, and there's a kingdom of this world. Every time you turn on the news, you are inundated with the kingdom of this world. The best that this world has to offer is dysfunction, is lies, manipulation, deceit, the best that this world has to offer is broken and fractured families. That's not what we want. When you turn on the news, it's just like, no, that's not the kingdom I live in. We, we, we are in this world, we are in this kingdom, but we are foreign ambassadors bringing about a different kingdom in our lives. And as we bring about a positive kingdom, we get rewards from that, okay? So because I'm a nerd, it's hard for me to think of two different kingdoms, think of two different forces. One might say a light side. One might say a dark side. I want to read a report of these two amazing sages, and you, you might have heard of them. But beware the dark side. Anger, fear, aggression, the dark side of the force are they. Easily they flow, quickly to join you in a fight. If once you start down the dark path forever, it will dominate your destiny. It will consume you. Is the dark side stronger? No, no. Quicker, more seductive. But how am I to know the good side from the bad? When I'm in Tashi Station with some power converters, you will know when you are calm. When you're at peace, passive, sages. All right, that seems like completely made-up stuff. But let me read what Paul says to the Galatian church. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the re results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorceries, hostilities, 
quarreling. Anyone get their fill of quarreling this week? Jealousy, outburst of anger. Did anyone have an outburst of anger this weekend? Selfish ambition, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, other sins like these. Let me tell you, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. These kind of things don't pass through the fire. But the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So my question to us, when we are building What force are we using to build our buildings? Are you using outbursts of anger to build your building? Are you cutting corners in your relationships not to get the best result, but the easiest result? Have you ever been on customer service and tried to do things the nice way and you never get your problem fixed? So eventually, what do you do? I'm tired of being nice. And you get on the phone words, words, words that I would never say around other people. And then all of a sudden, the person on the other end, right away, sir, I'll take care of it. I used an outburst of anger to get my way. I have built something on my building that's, that's empowered from a dark side. And eventually, even though that I got my way, the Lord and the Holy Spirit will come to that part of my life and rip it out. Even though that I got my way in a moment, I have to give up what I gained. When, when we're hanging out at parties, wild parties with drunkenness, it's easy to get friends. It's a whole lot harder to get friends with faithfulness than it is just, uh, just throw a wild party and get everybody drunk and then you listen to a whole bunch of frat boys. We, had, we made a whole bunch of friends. Lies. Those are lies. Any friends that you build with drunkenness and wild parties, eventually at some point in time in your life gets removed. If we're not building our friendships with faithfulness, with kindness, with peace, with patience, those friendships get removed from us. Is it easier for you to get your way at the office or at church by causing quarrels? You can. You can can talk about the boss behind his back. You can come into the church. And you can get your way. But at some point in time, it's removed from you. And it's heartbreaking. You can stab your way to the top of the corporate ladder, but at some point in time, the fire of judgment hits your life and it's removed. It is better for us to build in a correct way. Jesus says to the, to the Revelation church, you say I am rich, I have everything that I want. I don't need a thing. But you realize that you are you don't realize that you're wretched, miserable and poor, blind and naked. So I advise to you, buy from me gold, refined in the fire so that you can be pure. So this is not Jesus saying, you better do it the right way or else I'm going to hit you. He's like, I'm giving you the building materials. Build using correct building materials so that we don't have to come in and tear it down and I'm giving it away for free. Here, come get gold from me. I've tested this gold. It's a proper building material. So the standard for our life is Christ. Love, joy, peace, patience. When we are building using the, king, the, the good side of the force, the light, when we're building using the kingdom of heaven, 
that reward lasts through the fire, and we get an additional reward on top of that in eternity. When we build incorrectly, that stuff is, is taken away from us. So at the end of everything, my main point, don't be afraid of the judgment of God. When we talk about the fire of the Lord coming in judgment, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It is like the dentist. It might cause pain. It might, might attack our pride, but that thing's going to die anyways. That thing in us that's defending our own self-honor of like, no, I'm really the most amazing person in the world, that thing's got a death date on it. It's not going to survive through the fire. When we come to the Lord and we, we agree with what David said in Psalm 139, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Has anyone in the room had anxious thoughts today? Know my anxious thoughts. Our minds are racing. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the life everlasting. Father, that you would look at the way that I am building my life. If there's any offensive way in me, let me know because I hate wasting my time. And even though that I am a confessed corner cutter, I'm trying to make different decisions about my life. I'm trying not to use anger and aggression to get my way. I'm trying not to use um, manipulation in order to get my way, even though that it's faster and it takes fewer resources to do it the wrong way. I can get what I want quicker and cheaper if I do it the right way, but at the, at the end of everything, a fire is going to hit my life. Hopefully it happens before I die. And I have the grace to be able to correct bad mistakes. How much better would it have been if the contractor looked at that wall and went... Let's fix it while it's cheap so that at the end of everything, it doesn't cost a fortune to fix. So I, I want to challenge all of us today. As we're about to walk into the Christmas season, it's not Christmas yet. Christmas doesn't start till Advent, and that's next Sunday. I refuse to, to bow down to Christmas trees. As we're about to walk into the Christmas season, let's build our families the right way. Remember, it takes more time to do it the right way, and it's way more expensive. Way more expensive to do things the right way, but I promise you, at the end of everything, you will have rather have done it the right way. You would rather have had been like Brandon. Brandon's my friend that does everything right, by the way, than me. It is better to do things the right way the first time than to cut corners. Because if we cut corners, if we have shoddy craftsmanship, the Lord in his mercy and grace removes that part of our lives. And I've got too much stuff to do, and I can't waste time. Amen. So let's go ahead and stand up. Let me bless you, and we can, uh, we can get on with the rest of our Sunday.